This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. by the Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. And we're coming off the bye week blues after a tough loss in Atlanta, 24 to 15. Even the score just looks ugly. Uh, for the Saints in the matchup. And Jeff, I'm glad you're okay, but I know you were busy basically hanging out at the, the injury tent the entire time in Atlanta. Man, these last two weeks, like three weeks, I guess, but these last two games, like I feel like, you know, we talked about it, the Saints have had really good injury luck for the first half of the season. Uh, it all changed very quickly. <laughs> like the, You finished that game with a worse wide receiver core than you had in 2021. I didn't think that was possible. As you finish that game with, man, there's no disrespect to these guys. These are not your, your wide receivers. You don't have them here to catch passes. And Lynn Bowden, A.T. Perry, and Keith Kirkwood. You're like, oh, that's, they're down 10. They, got a, they still got a chance. No, 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 no. no. This, the fact that they were able to still move the ball with in the second half, like that's one of the things that like when, when Chris Olave went down in that game and I was like early in the second half, it's like, oh, this is over. And the fact that they were still able to move the ball, honestly, is pretty impressive when you think about it. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. That was just unpleasant. And it's just, you know, it's like you'd like to be able to sit here and say like, oh, well, you know, thing, everything went wrong, you know, and this and that. And you were in these really difficult circumstances. But at the end of the day, it's just another example of what we have seen throughout the course of the season, which is just inept red zone offense, you know, mistakes uh, you know, the the turnovers in that game were just, you know, even with all of those problems, you probably still win that game if you don't have those two red zone turnovers. You could say that's a 20-point swing in the game potentially because yeah. instead of two touchdowns in the red zone, you didn't score any points. Actually, so you could, you could say that that's a potentially a 28-point swing in that game 
because instead of two touchdowns for 14 points that you could have had, you allowed two touchdowns for 14 points on the other end, one directly into it and another one a 95-yard touchdown drive. So like that's a that, that's a potentially 28-point swing. The, at the minimum, a 20-point swing, even if you kicked seven field goals in that game, <laughs> like you probably win it if you do. Uh, and you, you know, any I, I uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into it, but I do want to talk. We want to get into the latest injury updates, kind of what yeah. you're you're looking at coming out of that game because it just seems like everyone was hurt. But here, what are the injuries that you're actually watching? What did we hear from Dennis Allen today? That sort of thing. So we'll get into that. And we also heard from Alvin after the game, and he talked about how his team doesn't have an identity. We'll listen to what he had to say, and then also what Dennis Allen had to say, who does think this team has an identity. And, man, it's just like the, every time he talks, you just kind of get this big eye roll. You know, it, it's it's so difficult to to take him seriously. And And I know that's, you know, like – how many times can you go up there and say the same thing with the same tone? And, you know, maybe, maybe it's different internally, but I can understand why people are just like, just stop, just stop talking. Just get this man off my TV. So we'll, we'll get into that second segment as we've done. We'll do the, what didn't work because there was a lot that didn't work. So that'll be the long segment. And then the final segment we'll do what did work and kind of reset where the saints are. They still do control their own destiny, although it is a much, much narrower road than it than it would have been with a win, which would have, you know, almost guaranteed the not guaranteed the division, but like would have put you in a really good position. Now, you know, if you don't win out, I don't know what happens. So we'll get into all that. But you know, first things first, you know, what were your kind of, you know, watching the game from from here? What were your kind of impressions uh, live? How 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 much of a conniption was Bobby throwing throughout the game? That kind of stuff. Well, obviously, you know, things started out wacky with issues in-house with microphones and yeah. uh, the national There were penalties anthem. on that opening drive that I still don't know what they are or what they were because, we, like, I think it, well, there was one that was defensive holding that was declined. Um, <laughs> no frigging clue. <laughs> but, but with the game, it, I mean – Things started out rough right away just with injury aspects. You know, with uh, things happen, Rashid Shahid getting hurt, and you kind of saw him trying to manage through it yeah. the entire game. And then I became, you know, watching him going, no, just sit down. I don't want you to get hurt any worse. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm hoping that's not the case, obviously, with, with him going forward. Find out more when the Wednesday injury report comes out on the uh, the quad. Is that what the injury is being listed out as a quad issue quad thigh you know something in that realm but the offense you know i was impressed obviously what chris olave was able to do in that first half of action it was like holy crap this is the guy we've been waiting to see um you know with mike t down obviously a hurt shaheed it's like yes take over take over the game like we we've seen you do in training camp and we we talked all about leading up to this and then unfortunate obviously an injury with him and you know, then you start obviously to see Derek Carr really struggle in the matchup. And to me, obviously that's understandable when you're down now one, two, three of your top receivers. But the biggest disappointment was the leakage of run yards uh, that it was Atlanta was just able to pile up. And it didn't matter who was running the rock. They were getting yardage. Yeah, and particularly on those last two drives, which, you know, you, you go back and you're like, okay, the defense – did handle, you know, I wouldn't say it was great, but it did keep points off the board, right? Like they only, like the Falcons scored seven points in that game, 
prior to the final two drives, right? The the def- the Falcons defense scored seven points, which is what made it much more difficult for the Saints. Yeah. But the Saints defense allowed seven points through three quarters. And then the final two drives of that game, which were in the fourth quarter, they allowed a touchdown, a 95-yard drive for a touchdown, and then a long drive for a short field goal. And that's where you really you needed the defense to kind of hold up, and they didn't. You know, they, they forced two turnovers, so that helped keep points off the board, right? Like one of those turnovers was at the end of the first half that, you know, they were like, that was a huge mistake by the Falcons in terms of, you know, you're guaranteed three points and they ended up throwing an interception to Tyron Matthew kind of gift wrapped it to him. But yeah, so the, that the run defense, we'll talk more about that, but let's just put a boat. So on these injuries right now, Dennis Allen talked about Rashid's injury. You know, it sounds like it happened on the first play of the game. I know there was some, indicator people were saying that his injury happened on that ball that was thrown behind him and it's like no he was already hurt at that point maybe he made it worse I don't know but whatever that injury was it's on the first play of the game and you you got you know I felt bad for him because you watch him on the sideline at one point I saw him throw his water bottle to the ground he was on a bike kind of trying to keep it loose for him too right you know he there, there was a point where Lynn Bowden went down and it was clear that he's like trying to talk his way back into the game and you like Lynn Bowden went down with an injury and he just immediately like, jumped up, went and grabbed his helmet and ran over. And you could tell he was like trying to like, get, let me in, let me go, in, let me go. In. And every time he got in there, it looked like he was good for one play. Like he was good getting into the play. But then after it was just, it seemed like it was getting worse. And, you know, I saw him walk off the field. Marquez Callaway went with him. He had a towel over his head. You know, it's just, it's a bummer because, you know, he's a guy who has been very effective and wants to be out there. He's not the type of player that's just going to sit out because he's not feeling right and he just couldn't go. And, you know, it's hopefully, like you said, hopefully he didn't injure it worse is the, is it because it doesn't sound like he's going to be back this week based on what Dennis Allen said. I think he said it's got to, you know, whatever, however he phrased it does not sound promising. And that's a problem because you're already without Mike Thomas. Chris Olave went out with, with a concussion, you know, it was a back shoulder throw, whether that was intentional or not. He got to it, right? He, he made a play on the ball. AJ Terrell comes back, kind of pushes him out of bounds. And that's where, you know, it's just bad luck in an NFL. Like, that's a play that happens in an NFL game all the time. The issue is, you know, his momentum kind of carried him and he flipped over. He landed on his head. Just a freak injury, right? And so now he's in the concussion protocol. And we've seen throughout this season that it's difficult to get back in one week from the concussion protocol, particularly for Chris, because this is not his first concussion. He had one his rookie season. And so that, you know, makes it a little bit, you know, more significant in terms of the hurdle to clear. So there's so who a chance. Do we have left? Have, right, right. Exactly. There's a chance <laughs> they go into this game without Mike Thomas, Marshawn, I'm sorry, well, Marshawn Lattimore, but Rashid Shaheed <laughs> or Chris Olave. What? So you're talking about Marquez Calloway, uh, A.T. Perry, uh, Keith Kirkwood, uh, John Trey Kirkland, you know, he's a guy on the practice squad. Maybe you go sign Trey Quan Smith off of the Denver Broncos practice squad and see what happens, right? Take it back, I don't know. take it back. But, you know, this is this has now become, you know, one of the reasons that loss to the Falcons is so damaging oh. is now the week 13 against the Lions starts to feel like a must win. Like we talk about, we're going to talk about how Saints control their own destiny, quote unquote. Well, that's only true if you can go beat the Lions or you know beat the Lions when you host them. And that's going to be tough to do without any of your skill position players. Maybe this is a Jimmy Graham experience week. I don't know. Um, but 
Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not, and, and they're not a lot. Like it seemed like every other play, someone was going down with an injury. So just yeah. a list. Lynn Bowden, we mentioned he got hurt at one point. Alante Taylor came off the field at one point. I don't know what he was dealing with. Maybe he caught a cramp or something. He was chasing down Desmond Ritter, which might cost the entire game. Kept calling De Ritter, which was hilarious to me. <laughs> so he came off the field, but he he ended up being fine. Like he came out of the tent, and kind of bed did some backpedaling. They made him like test it out. And it worked. So maybe he just caught a cramp and they got lucky. Uh, Juwan Johnson left the field, went back to the locker room at one point for a concussion test. Clearly, he cleared the concussion protocol and came back in. Eric McCoy left at one point, saw him with his shoulder pads off. So it must have been a shoulder thing he was dealing with. Ryan Ramchek came off the field at one point, but apparently it was a shoe issue. Um, So nothing really significant there. And Cam Jordan was the other guy who left the game and didn't return, but I don't know if he would have returned. It's tough because it was late in the game. I don't think they got back on the field. That was that last drive for the field goal. He's dealing with an ankle issue, Dennis Allen said today. It was initially reported as a shin. Jamal Williams also came off the field late with a sh- what looked like a shoulder issue. I mean, I think that's it, but... Uh. It's and and like after last week, where you had basically the same thing, right? You had Mike Thomas, you had Marshawn Latimer, Alante Taylor came off the field at one point. You know, it was like every other play, someone was in the injury tent, and then you like you what you know you end up having to have people wait outside the injury tent because someone's already in there. Right, that's when you know things are really gone to shit when that stuff's happening. Yeah, it's just not good. It's not good, and, and you know it all kind of crystallizes into what was this team's identity before the injuries, and then. I don't, even, I don't even know what it is now. And, you know, we talked to Alvin Kamara after the game and, you know, he talked about, it, you know, it's like, does this team have an identity, you know, and and it doesn't seem like they do. And and here's some of what he had to say. We don't have an identity as a team. We're, we're a team that says we want to do and we don't do. And it's, it shows it's we're consistently inconsistent. Do you mean that overall or as an offense? We're consistently inconsistent. Everybody with a fleur de lis on their body and on their head, we're consistently inconsistent. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying as a team, consistently yeah. inconsistent. And so, do do you think that includes like the training staff and like you know like you know like the the equipment managers? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know because they have fleur de lis on. Just saying, just saying. It sounds like he's lumping everybody in. Everybody. Shoot, I'm um, in tr- I'm in trouble right now. Somewhere. Yeah, no, it just says Saints. I think on here. I think I'm I'm safe. Yeah, it doesn't count. Sorry, yeah, this doesn't count. You're not included. You're not included. Good, all right. You, you have missed. Um, <laughs> but you know, he kept saying need to do and and stopping there, and and it's like I don't know if he need to do more, need to do better. He was also talking about the need to do instead of the talk, talk, talk. He's sick of the talking. Yeah. He was saying, right. He's he tired of hearing people say. We've got to be better. And then it's like, so, but what are you going to do? What's your plan? About to it, be right. You know, I think it's like this, you hear one of the reasons that whenever Alvin talks, it's, it's very poignant is because he's saying a lot of the stuff that everyone has been saying. And it's like, yeah, I agree. You need to be better. We all know you need to be better. So when are you going to be better? Like what, what are you going to change to be better? And right now it just seems like that's all lip service. That's because what's changed. What are you changing? You know, like, like they should have changed offensive coordinators a month and a half ago. They're not going to do it now. Cause if they were going to do it, they would have done it. But the you Panthers, see. they made radical changes. Why right. can't we? 
what I was just about to get into, right? And you see, like the Steelers, they make changes and, you know, they, they have some improved play on offense. The Bills make changes. looks like their offense is kind of getting on track a little bit. The Panthers fired Frank Reich, although I almost think like that has something to do with him, like sub just like sending David Tepper angry texts every time CJ Threat throws a touchdown pass, right? I don't know. Just like maybe he forced his hand there a little bit because that's all. Like if I was in Frank Reich's position and I'm sitting at 111 watching CJ Stroud look like a future MVP as as Bryce Young, you know, can't even see over his offensive line. Um, yeah, I, I would probably not let that ride either because it's like, think about it, Like how do you get fired as a head coach? Well, in part because things fall apart in terms of the relationship between you and your owner. And how does a relationship between you and your owner fall apart? Well, probably because he's your owner calls you up and be like, what the hell's going on? Why are we so bad? And you're like, we have Bryce young. You <laughs> right. <laughs> you didn't let me draft my quarterback the guy you wanted. Yeah. And you can't fire the owner. So if someone's got to go like when that relationship sours, the owner is not going to sell the team. Right. <laughs> So there's only one option and it's fire the coach. And so like, that's why, you know, one of the reasons that I don't think the saints are losing this locker room. I don't think they're the relationships within the locker room are not fraying the way that I think a lot of people outside the locker room might, might assume they are right. You see on Twitter, it's like, Oh, DA is going to lose the locker room. I don't think players dislike playing for DA. I, I almost, I, I almost wish they disliked it more because you know, like I feel like some of them are just too comfortable, right? Like I think like there isn't necessarily this idea that they're get their feet are held to the fire. But um, I do think there's something there though, because when Alvin spoke, he mentioned the fact that he's like, wait a minute, the players, everything's cool with the players right now in the locker room, you know? I I don't think that that that's here. I I have that answer right here. Okay, I feel like we good. Like I said, I'm playing for the, them dudes. When you lose a locker room, it's, it's I, I feel like there's there's some miscommunications or misunderstandings with the, between players, and there's none of that. There's none of that going on. Um, so there's no loss of a locker room in that in that aspect. Of what you're saying as far as players go. As far as players go, so I don't know. There was I don't know. I was left to interpret a little more there. Well, so I, I I do get tired of the of the amateur uh, behavioral psychology on Twitter because like that's a good example of I think Alvin it's like you listen to Alvin enough and you kind of understand where he's coming from and what his reactions are and why his demeanor is the way it is and I think when he's talking about the players it's because he is a player and like later in the in the interview he was asked you know how would you fix things and he said well I'm a coach I'll talk to you about that right and yeah. I think he's very cognizant of this is my lane. This is what I do. And I can control what I can control. I said that about 12 times. And he's not going to go out there and tell you the coaching staff is this or that, or this or that. He's going to tell you that from a player perspective, from the interpretation that he has with his teammates, that's not something that he's concerned about. Right. And so like, and it, and it all, it, this was something that, you know, over the week, there was a question asked by, you know, Matt, Paris, the new NOLA.com beat reporter, and he asked him like about Derek Carr. And Alvin kind of gave a pause and then gave kind of a generic answer. And it's funny because like like this whole amateur behavioral psychology bullshit, right? And everyone's like, oh, he must hate Derek Carr. Otherwise, he would have given this super, you know, a different answer. He wouldn't have paused. And that pause said everything. And, you know, no disrespect to Matt, who I think has done a very good job. He's just kind of coming in midstream here. The reaction from Alvin, it was, well, it, you can kind of read it in his face is, well, that's a dumb fucking question. And that's why he paused. And, you know, it's funny because 
one of, I know this because he said that Alvin, you know, he actually replying to me because I was like, I think people are reading too much into this and I didn't want to call out the the question, but like, that was kind of my thought is that he just kind of thought it was a dumb question and it took him a second to just kind of like, you know, right. And that was the, the attitude people were picking up. It was this, this disgust in what he was being asked. It was like, really? I don't think it's even, yeah, disgust. It's just like, well, that's kind of dumb. And and that's like when he he quoted my tweet and said it was just because like Derek was never gone, right? Like he was throughout the whole week. Everyone knew he was going to play. So it wasn't like there was like this, oh, who's going to be our court? Like they all knew. And so that's, but like, that's an example of like, you know, sometimes it's just, just don't assume what you don't know. Right. Like you can only you're, you're just observing. I had someone be like, well, you have to pay attention to to what the, the body language is telling you. And it's like, I do pay attention. But the reaction you have is based on 29 seconds of, of video. <laughs> like, and, you know, I think I've said this before on the podcast. One of my concerns is that Alvin's going to check out. Right. And throughout the season, I think you have seen him get a little bit more. I can only do what I can do kind of, you know, early on, it was a very, a much more, I don't want to say eager, but it was, it was a much more kind of urgent type emotional reaction to things. And over the last month, it feels like that's been more subdued, especially in the middle of the week. And so that's my concern. I I don't think Alvin is going to, is going to throw his teammates under the bus. And like, that's what people thought he was doing with that Derek Carr quote where he's been frustrated in the past, but this is the most, frustrated he's been in you know his career and obviously you you hate hearing that um right now and you know the the fact is too the team and and alvin are just as frustrated obviously as the fans are you you hear him too it's like listen if you you could point this camera at me and tell me what the how what the fix is uh, that shoot that that's easy but that i i that's not the problem right now. It's like we don't know what the fix is, and all you can do is grind away and work at it. And you know, I get that, and it's. It, I know fans don't necessarily want to hear it, but I, I have to rely on a guy like Alvin as one of the leaders on this team, and and hearing from him as wanting to steer this team in the right direction too. And I know we mentioned keeping spirits up because it's easy to get in that dark place right now when things aren't going right. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't, like, like I said, like, you know, there is a lot of observation that goes on throughout the course of a season and I don't report a lot of it, right? Like we're not allowed to report a lot of the stuff that we see in the locker room or I see on the plane, right? Like that's part of the deal is I'll give you access, but you're not, there's certain things that you're not talking about. Right. And so a lot of it is just kind of seeing how players interact with each other and kind of, you know, and, and I have not seen any notable shift in, emotion or in, in like, I think that this team is just like when Alvin says that I, I, I believe him in terms of they are still playing for each other. And it's not about that. It's just about success and, and failure. And there's been too much of that. Um, the interesting thing is Dennis Allen was asked about the identity thing on yeah. Monday press conference. And he thinks that this team does have an identity. And I think a lot of people would be interested in to hear that, that quote. So here it is. I wouldn't say that we don't have an identity. Um, you know, I thought, I thought we, I thought we came out in the game. I thought we ran the ball effectively. I thought we were able to get the ball down the field effectively. Um, you know, we made some critical mistakes. But if we don't make critical mistakes in in those situations, we're probably having a different discussion up here. 
What do you think the team's identity is then if you feel differently than he does? Well, I think we're I think we have explosive players on offense. I think we've we've proved that we can be explosive on offense. Um, you know, defensively, I think we do a really good job of taking the football away. There's some areas in, in both phases and all three phases that we have to improve on. Um, but I think we have I think we have a fast, explosive offense, uh, and I think we have an opportun opportunistic defense. Well, I tweeted that quote. You know, people are going to just like collectively roll their eyes like talked about like I think it's really easy to just roll your eyes at that but the funny thing is he's not wrong in the sense that this team does generate a lot of explosive plays they're tied for the NFL lead with nine plays of 40 plus yards in that game alone they had six plays of 20 plus yards they move the ball they they generate explosive plays the problem is you don't generate explosive plays into the end zone we were talking about this before we came on like None of the you, there's not a lot of explosive plays that end up as touchdowns, and then if you're not finishing off those plays, then it doesn't really mean a ton, right? Like kicking field goals is not going to get the job done. Uh, on the other side of that, opportunistic defense. Yes, you do have an opportunistic defense. You're tied for fourth in takeaways with 20. You had two in that game, but you know you talk about opportunistic. You know, it, the difference in that game is the Falcons got two takeaways and they got 14 points off those takeaways. The Saints got two takeaways. You know how many points they got off those takeaways? Zero. And, you know? And the pick six was the gut punch and then the Taysom fumble was just the slice in the throat. The pick six was bad. And, and both of them were Jesse Bates. You know? Yeah. And you talk about, oh, okay, returning of, uh, return on investment. They spent a lot to bring in Jesse Bates. You could argue that he was the difference in that game. Um, and you would be right. I mean, very clearly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he saved them 14 points and he generated uh, – He's. I guess you could say he didn't – you don't know if they would have scored. They probably might have gone over seven in the red zone or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> he saved at least six points and he generated seven on his own. And, you know, that, that play on Derek Carr, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of criticism of Derek Carr. And I think he's right in the fact that like you're just going on rules, right? When you're when you're running an offense, you're saying, okay, if we get this look, we're going here, right? If the receiver wins, I'm throwing it there. And Jesse Bates just he's playing single high. His job is to make sure nothing gets there. And but he read the eyes and he broke on it so early that like he, he Derek didn't even know he was there. And no, he was in know, Derek's head. It was crazy. And what's funny because in in most cases you'd be like, well, that's you know the dangerous throws, the throws that would typically turn into a ninety yard pick six, or the throws to the edges of the field where the outside corner is breaking on the ball. A throw to the middle, you would think, you know, that's not a pick six throw. But you know, when you're in that compressed area, he's able to do that, right? If that's if that play is from the forty and he's playing single high, no way is he going to be able to break on it because it's too far away, but because you're in that kind of compressed area, he was. And, you know, that's, that's why it's a pick six because he's got a full head of steam when he catches it. <laughs> you're not getting them, but you know, it was a, it was a great play by him. And uh, yeah. you know, it's like you, it, you look at things, it's like, okay, when you're evaluating a quarterback, it's like, what could he have done differently? And I think you're going to, the coaches are going to look at him and be like, it's the right read. Jesse just beat him. Um, and, and that's frustrating. Uh, Cause you know, do you call a different play? Do you, do you run a play differently? I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, the Falcons were the opportunistic team in that game, right? And the Saints were not. I mean, yeah, we the 
Tyron Matthew tried to will the team back into things as he much did. as he could, but damn it, we just the Saints just didn't want to do anything with those those footballs. Forget it. And it's so frustrating. Like that Taysom Hill fumble. Like there, I asked oh. DA, uh, you know, it's like, well, why don't you just kind of kill just let the clock run out and go to the fourth quarter and just run your best play, your first and ten. And, you know, it's like, it's hindsight, right? The play worked. The play that they ran worked. So the theory was we're going to catch them on their heels. The play worked. It was a 10-yard run down to the seven. But Jesse Bates punched it out. And it's like, it's like if that if that goes differently, right? If if he just goes down, if he just protects the ball and goes to the ground, you get first and goal from the seven, you're down two. It's 14 to 12 at that point. You could kick another field goal and take a lead, <laughs> you know, even if you don't get in the end zone. Uh, and if, but if you if you pay that off for six, you know, it's I guess you would be at it would have been 18 to 14. So I guess you probably would go for two to get up six because it put you had two field goals rather than being up five, which I don't think does anything for you. Um, worst case, you're up four. Um, so, you know, it. It's really even. It's hard to even kind of quantify how much of a game changer that was. Yeah. In part because the defense wasn't able to come up and get a stop and get you the ball back, uh, and then a ninety-five yard touchdown drive, black. But yeah, and it's just you know, like what is the identity of this team? The identity of this team is close but no cigar. Is we do a lot consistent consistently inconsistent, right? Like you you generate a lot of yards, you move the ball between the 20s, you get chunk plays. Heck, even Lynn Bowden had a chunk play. You know, you had two really nice Lynn Bowden yeah. plays. Juwan Johnson had a chunk play in that game. Chris Olave had at least two in the first half, right? He was on pace to just to have a monster game. Like he had a career, he had a season high in the first half with 114 yards on seven catches. My and fantasy alerts were going crazy. Yeah, he was he was good. He was gonna have a monster game. Uh, but your identity right now is a team that has failed at every possible opportunity that has been gift wrapped for you. And um, you know, like whether you want to say this is a you want you want to kind of put a rosy picture on it and say, well, it's this and that. It's right now. It's a failure in a situation where there's no excuse for it. And so, yeah, and, and the frustrating part is you, you, like you mentioned, Tyron Matthew. Like, I don't think Ritter had a good game. I think Ritter had a bad game. Um, but you didn't force him to have a good game to beat you. I guess we can wrap up that segment unless you got something else you want to add. No, we can definitely move on to the next part of the torture of the you know this this post week uh, post week podcast. It's just i really thought man that they they're gonna get their shit together and come out with this energy this fire because it was for that extra oomph in the division and that you could stomp uh, a little bit of domination over an opponent and no that that's just not the case <laughs> misery yeah ugly but all right this is inside black and gold i'm jeff Nowak. He's steve gell if you haven't subscribed yet please do that we're gonna be here for the next six weeks whether you <laughs> like it or not so uh, might as well subscribe so you don't miss any episodes but all right we're gonna hit the break we're gonna come back we're gonna talk about what didn't work it's gonna be another long segment because there was a lot that didn't work but uh you know we're gonna start from the top down we're gonna we're gonna hit it that way but all right stick around on inside black and 